Welcome to the Hope Revolution messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. But I, I'm in this spot where I, uh, I actually get to launch a new series, <laughs> um, which I don't think I've actually ever done. So I'm, I'm launching a, a preaching series on the character of God. And today we're looking at the Creator God. And uh, I was really encouraged um, last night when I looked at the songs that Paul had rearranged this week um, and just how many of them that we sung this morning actually point to him as Creator, point to him as the Lord of all things and, uh, and um, the one who reigns over all. And uh, so knowing that I was uh, stepping into talking about God creator and then see that unfold, I went, ah, I like that. <laughs> I like how God weaves things together and uh, uh, even though we hadn't talked and uh, he had no idea. <laughs> so the character of God, where do you start? Well, I've sort of let the cat out of the bag with the slide, haven't I? Um, we're going to start with creator God, but... Just looking at it, you know, do we go, God is kind? God is patient? Is it God is love? God is all-powerful, all-knowing? He is holy. He is magnificent. He is outside of time, yet he is everywhere always. He's always right. That's what being righteous is. Is it? He is always right, though. Um, he's blameless. He's slow to anger. He's just. As I, um, I looked at that, it sort of struck me that, uh, you know, I was looking at this list and going, well, where do I start? And it was interesting because God seemed to drag me back to Mars Hill, <laughs> which I preached on a couple of weeks ago. And it was, well, where did Paul start? with a world that had gone to hell in a handbag is what Paul was looking at. You know, here's all these confused people that have made all these statues and idols and are are creating um, an image of God around them. Where do you start? To actually go, I want to declare a creator God, the God who created all things was where Paul started. And, and so I think as we look at the character of God, that's a great place for us to, to go back to and look at perhaps in a different way instead of out of uh, Paul at Mars Hill just throwing that out there where we got the, the dot point of his sermon to actually go back to Genesis and go, what does God actually show us about himself? Because, you know, we can know very little about God we can actually know nothing about God except for what it is that he reveals of himself to us. He's that far beyond us, that far out of our comprehension. And yet by his grace, he has revealed who he is through scripture, but he has also revealed a lot of who he is through the very act of creating, through what we see in creation. And... um, And I think it's just really good to go, 
Let's have another look at what it is that God's revealing to us. You know, we can have knowledge and do nothing with it. Or we can have knowledge and actually allow it to become something in us. I think was the thing that came out of the last series that we've just finished with talking about Acts and actually going, you know, there's one thing to know what God's saying, one thing to be able to say, hey, look at that time of history and look at what God did. But to actually get up and actually do something with it, to change it from being knowledge to being action is incredibly important. And I think that's the takeaway from the last series that we've just completed. And so how do we actually then jump into a new series on the character of God and it not just become about let's learn about God, let's know things about God. And so my encouragement to you will be as we go through this series to allow the whole series on Acts to speak to you and go, as I learn more about who God is, as I'm reminded who God is, as I see new little twinkles of things that I hadn't seen before, don't allow them just to be planted into your mind because knowledge is great. I mean, the alternative to knowledge is ignorance. We don't want to be a a life of people of ignorance. We want to be a people who know and understand and, and hold a body of knowledge. But we also want to be people who take that knowledge and actually are known for doing something with it. We don't want our legacy to be, but look, he knew so much stuff, but he never did anything with it. He never put it into practice. You know, How could it be that he knew all that? and yet behaved like this. That's not who we want to be. And so as we look at the character of God and you allow the awe and the wonder of who God is to settle in, allow it to move you to action. That would be my my real encouragement um, for you through this series. Not only do I get to, uh, to kick off a new series... I figured out that I actually get to preach on the most significant passage in the whole of Scripture. And in fact, it's four words. It's the first four words of the Bible. In the beginning, God. What could be more significant than that? In the beginning, God. Before all things, God existed. With creation, we see God take nothing and make it come into being. I really struggled about how I was going to kick this off and it was like there's all these wonderful uh, um, uh, videos that I could have played which show all these spectacular pictures of the stars being all stretched out through the universe. There's other videos that talk about um, the, you know, Louis Giglio's um, incredible where he, he tries to put perspective on, on this creation that God's created by saying, well, if Earth was a golf ball and very, very, very quickly it comes into all these descriptions of these magnificent stars that are so many golf balls that the numbers become irrelevant and beyond what we can comprehend and these are just things that are within this known universe. Um, 
And so I decided not to do that. I actually thought, and sorry to the accountants amongst us, I actually thought that a really good thing <laughs> to do <laughs> was to take a moment to just stop and go, and, and I'm sure the accountants can do this, think of a scene, a place where you have experienced creation in its glory, whether it's a sunrise, a, a wonderful beach, a, a, a mountaintop that you've been at. Has everybody got a favourite space, a, a something that they remembered? If you just close your eyes and repicture that. And that's just a little tiny snippet of the glory that God has unfolded for us that points to him and his wonder, his majesty. We've all seen micro um, photography where we see the tiniest of tiny little things. I can remember one that I saw recently and it was of a bee collecting pollen and the little clumps of pollen were like little boulders in this photo. You know, they'd blown the bee up to this big and, and, uh, and from, so from the tiniest of little things that are woven together that we can still see with a really good camera... God has woven it together. And that's part of creation that speaks of him as well. And then there's the DNA, the double helix of, of, uh, of our, our DNA that's in every part of our body that holds us together. And um, I heard a wonderful description of what your DNA is. It's this combination of letters that is almost a billion characters long that is your individual word that God has spoken you into being by. How cool is that? I'm just going to read the first couple of um, verses of, of uh, Genesis. And uh, you all know how much I love reading publicly, so <laughs> bear with me. Hopefully I do all right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and empty, and the darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. What have you observed out of, what, of, of those couple of little passages? We have an expression of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit working in unity. Did you catch it? In the beginning was God. The Spirit hovered over the waters, and God said... If we jump to, to uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So in God's speaking, that's the action of the 
or, or the Word of God is, is what we learn there is Jesus' eternal name. He was actively involved in creation. We see the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. That word hovering, it's like brooding. Think of Mother Hen. <laughs> brooding over the waters. Bringing, birthing, creating the things that God had planned out. God was completely involved in the creation. Not just part of him. He applied his whole being to it. And then we see that reveal who he is. It's interesting, generations ago, maybe back a few hundred, nah, it's probably f- more than a few hundred, almost bumping onto a thousand years ago, the belief was that Earth was the centre of the universe and that the sun revolved around the Earth and that everything else revolved around that. Why do you think that was the understanding? When the reality is that we now know that Earth is this little spot out on the edge of the Milky Way galaxy within, a, within the extent of, of uh, the, the universe which is made up of billions of galaxies that are so beyond our comprehension. Because we like to make it all about me, don't we? <laughs> Yet we can look to God, the creator, and realise that he is the one who has applied himself to brought out of nothing for us to be able to be able to um, see a little of who he is. As I was uh, listening to some of the uh, experts on creation, and uh, I watched a funny little video that was a Christian guy who uh, had set it up sort of as a bit of a doco and going around to these um, learned men of the universities, and some of them were Christians that he was interviewing. In fact, I think all of them were Christians that he was interviewing. Um, And yet, in amongst that, there was this one professor who talked about the way that the universe was billions of years old and that God had um, used an enormous amount of um, resource to, to put all these things into place and to make it so that the conditions for life were able to exist. And I, I sort of sat there listening to him And I went, we haven't moved very far, have we? From all these resources to put into place for us to exist is the message that he got from looking at at creation. I'm thinking, that's the same as the the sun revolves around the, the earth. It's all about him. How could we actually look at it, that a God who's so powerful that he can take nothing and create all that is being and somehow get the message that he spent all this resource on us rather than look at it and go, this is about him expressing who he is, that we might have a little glimpse of who he is. 
all things spring from him, that he is the source of all things and that nothing is beyond him. He didn't spend a whole lot of resource. That's working from a limited mindset of understanding that you know, you have to. You want to make electricity. You take a coal mine and you you put the you dig out the coal and you stick it in the power station and you make power. But when you are unlimited, and you can bring things into being from nothing, that's not using up resource. That's bringing things into being. Like it's expressing that God is God, who is beyond all things. He is the source of all things. He's not using up stuff. He's creating it. He's birthing it. He's breathing life into it. So seeing that of God, understanding that God applied himself completely to this creation, that he is a God that wants to express who he is through creation, and for us to know that he is the source of all things, of all life. How can we do anything but bow our knee to realise the wonder and the glory that he is? We all know the story of, of creation and, and how God reveals creation unfolding over six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. Any clues about what that tells us of him? As I looked at that, what struck me afresh, I think, um, was that he actually laboured. He didn't just, boom, there it is. He actually expresses that he laboured over this creation, that day by day he layered things out. He hovered over the, the waters he then developed up the next stage of it. And day after day he laboured and created to express who he is, but also to say that there was work in it for him. And then at the end of the work, the end of each day, he would go, it is good. Why was it good? Because he is good. Why did he labour day after day? Because he wanted to be involved in it. And the whole story of, of the scriptures tells us that he is a God who is involved in his creation. And then he comes to Adam and Eve and he does something different with Adam and Eve. You know, he says, oh, let's fill the seas with, with um, fish and and." The seas are teeming with life and let's fill the skies with birds and they're teeming with life and let's bring about crops and, and so on. But when it comes to Adam and Eve, God does something a little different. He takes the earth of the ground and he forms it. He gets down, he gets muddy, gets dirty and pushes and moulds and then gets down even closer and breathes life into Adam. What a beautiful picture of the intimacy that God wants to have with us, his creatures.
And then with Eve, he does something a little different again. He takes Adam, knocks him out, pulls out a rib, closes him up and heals him up, takes that rib and forms it and shapes it and develops it again in this really intimate way of interaction. And I can't imagine that it would be pretty. (laughs) It was a bit bloody and a bit messy. And God, again, shows that he has this special connection with both man and woman, created in his image with his very life breath breathed into them to bring them into being. And what does he say about you and me? Was it just Adam and Eve that he did that with? The psalmist writes in Psalm 139.13, For you created my innermost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Sounds fairly familiar, doesn't it? Moulding, knitting. There's this deep connection that God has of not just starting a creation that works like clockwork and then just leaving it to, to tick away through time. He shows this expression of this intimate connection that he has with his creation, his involvement in creation, and then this intimacy with us, his creatures. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his image, in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. What's it mean to be in God's image? It means that we're to reflect him, doesn't it? To we're actually supposed to take on our char- the character and nature of who God is into us. God gave us the seventh day, a day of rest that he made holy. He was saying, I don't want you to be my slaves. Slaves are the ones that work and work and work and work and work and never get time to rest. He says, no, stop. I'm going to show you, I'm going to demonstrate that I want you to have a day of rest. I want you to be free. I want you to respond to me as a free people. I want you to keep this day as holy. I want you to be able to connect with me in a special way. You know, where each week goes past, we hear a new and crazy thing, don't we? I don't know whether you picked up on the, uh, on the, the crazy of the last fortnight or so with, with the um, Congress in the US and their uh, inquiries and, and uh, whistleblowers talking of UFOs and little green men. Did anybody hear that news? Just when you thought you got to the most crazy, (laughs) we get another level of crazy, don't we? What other crazy has been going on? I was having an interesting discussion with one of my clients um, this week. It just happened that uh, they called me um, as I was jumping in my car, heading back from an appointment. and uh, So we talked business and then we changed over to talking about the things of this world and the conversation very quickly went to, to, isn't this world crazy? But like Paul at Athens, I was able to agree with her that our world has gone crazy. He went, I see that you're a religious people. You're nutcases. The world is nutty here. 
but he agreed with them. And then from that place, I was able to go, how do we make sense of a crazy world? How do we make sense of, of all the conspiracies, all the, the nuttiness, the chemtrails, the, the, uh, the, the um, pandemic crazy, the, um, you know, the, the little green men of this week? How do you make sense of that? There's only one way to make sense of that. Paul pointed us to the right place, the right answer. Point people to the fact that God is the source of all things. He is over all things. He breathed creation into being. He will be there from the day that all things started and he'll be there on the last day. He is our rock. He is our foundation. He is the one who knows all things. When times are troubled, when times are crazy, when nothing of this world makes sense, we can turn to him and he is our counsellor. He can reveal things to us that we do not know because he is the one who knows all things. What a wonderful blessing of hope that can be that we can point people to. And in that place of blessing and hope, not only are we pointing them to a creator that stood far from the world, but he breathed life into mankind. And then he went further. The one who, who brought all things into being, the very word of God, came and dwelled among, amongst us. He didn't just come and dwell amongst us. He died our death that we deserved. And he overcame death and showed that death had no grip on him that he was the creator of the heavens and the earth and that death could not hold him. What a glorious message that is so beyond the things of this world, that in a world that is, is in torment, is finding distraction of, of all sorts, to be able to give that hope to have experienced some of what it is that God has created, to see his glory, his majesty and, his, um, and the way he's rolled out the universe, that he stretched out time and he's over all things, that he interacted with all things and came and laid down his life for us. But the world wants to muddy that and keep you from, from declaring it We'll just talk over here about evolution and, and that God really just wound it up like a clock and let it go, perhaps. No, God is intimately involved in his creation. And so this, this morning I want to look up. I want to look up to our creator God and again grab hold of that so that we've got that assurance that of this God who lays down the foundation of the world can lay down a new foundation in the lives of those that are far from him, can give them an assurance, just as he's given you an assurance, that at the end of your days you will step into the presence of the God who is outside of time yeah. as we know it. Let me leave you with that encouragement. Um, I might just close with a prayer and, uh, 
and invite God to give us an a opportunity to actually not just be reminded about how good he is, but to have that opportunity to actually speak of his goodness into the lives of the people we're around this week. Let's pray. Lord God, you are a mighty God. We cannot even begin to fathom how awesome and, mag- and magnificent you are. The comprehension of, of galaxies and, and uh, universe that is spread out beyond anything we could even dream to start to get our little heads around. And you are in every part of it and beyond it because it cannot contain you. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the reminders of your beauty and your, uh, your glory that we see as we, as we remember those pictures of, of the beautiful places that we've been and, and the parts of creation we've experienced of who you are. But Lord, we, um, we just want to acknowledge that you are the source of all things, the giver of life the very foundation that is solid and, and steady through all things. And Lord, we want to take encouragement that our world is getting crazier and that that gives us more opportunity to speak of you who is over it all. As we sung earlier. And so, Lord, we invite you to give us opportunity this week to speak with others that, that may not know you, to be able to declare your goodness, to declare you as the creator, you as the one who is overall, yet you who intimately wants to be part of our lives, that you breathe the very life, of, a breath of life into each of us, that you have a plan and a purpose for each of us. And that that plan is to bring glory to your name. Lord, help us to, to not shy away from the opportunities when they come. As Helen reminded us um, through the time of Thanksgiving, that you give us strategies, you give us ways to connect. And Lord, we ask for that wisdom. We ask for that leading of your spirit as we uh, step into these uh, spaces of, of, of speaking of who you are to people who are far from you. And Lord, we just thank you that you treat each and every one of us as individuals. And as we have those encounters, help us to honour those, those individuals with the way that you want to individually connect with them. Help us to incline our ear to your spirit to know your leading to know the, the right words, to be able to pull down the veil of, of, um, of separation that they have from you. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church. 